0: and welcome to Breaking the Curtain, with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones, or don't, it's a podcast, and most importantly, enjoy enjoy the show. Hello, lovelies. We know it's been a little while since we've given you a proper show history episode, so we're back with yet another one of our favorite musicals. Actually, this one might be my favorite original musical, I just think it's... So brilliant, and I find myself deeply analyzing it, which I'm sure many of you do as well. It's a really special one. We are
1: turning back the clocks to the last five years. Do you remember what you were
0: doing five years ago? Not a clue, but I do know what Jamie and Kathy were doing over the course of five years in 2001. So let's get into it. The Last
1: Five Years is a contemporary song cycle musical written by Jason Robert Brown. The story explores a five-year relationship between Kathy, a struggling actress, and Jamie, a rising novelist on the brink of success. The pair are 20-somethings in New York City who meet, fall in love, marry, and divorce in the span of five years. Kathy tells the story from the end of their marriage, while Jamie begins from when they first meet. As the musical unfolds, Kathy moves backward in time to the beginning of the relationship
0: as Jamie moves forward to the end, and they only meet once in the middle at their wedding. The Last Five Years was commissioned by LCT and first premiered at the North Shore Center for the Performing Arts in Chicago on May 23, 2001 by Northlight Theater. Jamie Wellerstein was played by Norbert Leo Butts and Kathleen Kathy Ryan was played by Lauren Kennedy. The show received rave reviews and high attendance during its two-month run in Chicago. It was even named by Time Magazine as one of the top 10 musicals of 2001. However, to continue this story, we need to rewind the clocks back to the early 1990s, where Jason Robert Brown met Teresa O'Neill, a struggling actress who was answering phones in director Hal Prince's office. Prince had been a longtime mentor to Brown and also directed his flop musical parade. According to articles, friends of the couple state that their marriage unraveled quickly. Jason Robert Brown, named the next Stephen Sondheim by Prince, was making quite a name for himself in the theater circles. At the time of their divorce, Brown began working on a show that would eventually become the last five
1: years. In fact, the show was almost an exact portrait of Brown's own failed marriage to O'Neill. Following the Chicago run, O'Neill threatened to sue for breach of nuptial agreement, saying that he couldn't use her personal life in his shows. Understandably, Around this time, a press release was released stating that the last five years would not make its New York premiere at Mitzi Newhouse Theatre at the Lincoln Center Theatre in 2002 as had previously been announced. Both a spokesman for LCT and JRB's lawyer commented in an interview that the theatre and Brown were not able to come to an agreement. However, the theater community speculated it was to do with the lawsuit standing in the way of future productions of the show. The song Teresa O'Neill had the biggest issue was I Could Be In Love With Someone Like You, where Jamie sings about Kathy. Being Irish Catholic, apparently O'Neill felt the song hit way too close to home. The song was then replaced by Shiksa Goddess, which has a similar vibe to the original song. Brown made some edits to differentiate the role of Kathy from his own ex-wife before the show began its next run, including changing her name to Catherine Hyatt. O'Neill later dropped the lawsuit and agreed to let him put the song back in, but at that point the show had already been working well with the new changes.
0: Marty Bell and Ariel Tepper picked up the show only days after it had been dropped by LCT. It was then announced to open in a commercial production off-Broadway at the Minetta Lane Theatre, with Norbert Leo Butts, who originated the role of Jamie in Chicago, alongside Sherry Renee Scott as Kathy Hyatt due to Lauren Kennedy having a prior commitment. The show began previews on February 12th and opened March 3rd, 2002, to mixed reviews before closing on May 5th, 2002. That year it won the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Music and Lyrics. It was also nominated for Outstanding Musical, Outstanding Actor and Actress, Outstanding Orchestrations, and Outstanding Set Design. Since then, it has gone on to be produced in regional theaters across America, as well as in six other countries, and has been translated into Dutch, German, Italian, and Japanese. A cast album was later released in April 2002. In 2013, an off-Broadway revival was announced to be directed by Jason Robert Brown himself. He went to second stage theater with the new production concept, and with the help of the team, they were able to find the perfect casting for this new production, Adam Cantor as Jamie and Betsy Wolf is Kathy. This was the first New York City production in 11 years. Although Brown said that bits and pieces of the work had been updated through the years, the last five years as a piece stayed true to its original incarnation. Due to popular demand, the last five years played through May 12, 2013 with the cast recording in the works. At this time, a 2014 film adaptation of The Last Five Years starring
1: Anna Kendrick as Kathy and Jeremy Jordan as Jamie was in the works. And can I just say,
0: Jeremy Jordan as Jamie was (laughs) the best movie musical casting in the world. (laughs) Okay, so this is where things kind of get flipped on their heads. And I'm going to take over this section because I think you told me once that you would never seen the film adaptation. Girl, I have the film on DVD. I bought it when it first came out. Are you I watch it all the time with my mom. Who told me that they okay. Well, I thought it was You, you. made it You totally made that up. <laughs> That's so weird. I thought you were like, I'm a a, de- I'm dead set against watching it. And I was like, okay, but we should try it together one time because No, I love it. I just no
1: totally love Anna Kendrick. But I okay. really love the film adaptation. I think it's one of the <gasps> best
0: film adaptations. Me too! Of movie musical. Why did I think you hated it? Oh, that is so weird. Anyways, I guess I will just take over because I like to take over these things. (laughs) And I'm also like a sucker for all things crap. But like you said, I do think this is a really good adaptation of the show. So film production began on June 17th, 2013 in New York City with filming wrapping only a month later on July 16th, 2013. The film premiered on September 7th, 2014 in the special presentation section of the 2014 Toronto International Film Festival. We got something first for once, that's really cool. (laughs) The film was released in select theaters and on video on demand on February 13th, 2015. Basically, it took a little while for fans to see the film. As we know, the musical, as presented on stage, is a two-person show with no other actors besides the ones playing Jamie and Kathy. It consists almost exclusively of solo numbers, Jamie and Kathy alternate songs, and do not share each other's time frame and almost never sing together. In a film adaptation, that just wouldn't translate well in a film. (laughs) And so the director made the decision to have the other characters present for each other's monologues and had a few extra pieces of dialogue added to certain scenes, which was pretty interesting in my opinion. I really liked those added scenes. (laughs) So apart from this, as well as a few of the lyrics being slightly altered, most of the music is exactly the same and the order in which the songs are performed is identical to the stage show. A number of other actors appeared in other parts with cameos from both Betsy Wolf and Jason Robert Brown, along with Ashley Spencer, who is Jeremy Jordan's real life wife. The final result was what I would consider to be the ideal version of the show to show a friend for the first time so they can understand what the show is about before showing them the stage production because it can get a little bit confusing. A production of The Last Five Years opened
1: in London in 2016 and starred Jonathan Bailey, aka Anthony Bridgerton, love of my life, (laughs) and Samantha Barks as Kathy at the St. James Theatre with direction by Jason Robert Brown himself. Most recently, after two engagements at the Southwark Playhouse in the UK in 2020, it received a West End premiere at the Garrick Theatre. September 17th to October 17th, 2021, starring Molly Lynch as Kathy and Ollie Higginson as Jamie. This
0: show is, like, literally my drug. You're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, because I will never not be obsessed with the last five years. It's just, you know? There's something about it that just makes me feel cozy inside. That's kind of really, like, messed up, but... It's one of those shows that I just feel cozy when I put it on. It feels like summertime for me. I can't explain it. There's something like colorful about this show. I don't know. Uh, I think I first heard Still Hurting when like the cast recording was released and I'd sing along to it like every single day, just like the heartbroken, struggling actress, divorced seven-year-old that I was at the time. <laughs> and It's just, there's something that just, captures you with that first song you hear it and you're instantly drawn in and doesn't matter how old you are if you've ever had your heart broken i love it i love it anyways something i really love about this show is that it's written in a way that purposely makes it difficult to choose a side which i guess um the show taking so much inspiration from uh jason Uh, jason robert brown's own divorce i guess that's kind of like almost a good way that he wrote it it's kind of a nice thing for her as well i i suppose i mean there was the lawsuit but the fact that you can't really choose a side and he wrote it so close to home i guess you know he did that purposely you know, that's one of my favorite things um, about the last
1: five years. And it's mm. actually one of my favorite onstage love stories, mm-hmm. um, even though it's dealing with the end of a love story. right? But just it totally focuses on the idea that like, you know, it really kind of captures my own personal belief about soulmates is like, we don't. I don't think we have one soulmate for our whole lives. I think we have soulmates for different parts of our lives mm. who teach us different things. And if we're lucky, you know, one person we can learn and can, you can learn and grow with for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I, but I think Jamie and Kathy really capture um, the idea that it's OK if you're not with The love of your life forever sometimes life just gets in the way it has nothing to do with whether or not you love the other person or whether or not they're a good or a bad person just sometimes humans just don't mesh well long term and that's just the facts of life which kind of makes it so sad but also makes it um kind of uplifting Mm -hmm. and i think keeps it from being a total drag um I actually first found the show when the revival came out cuz that's when I was kind of in my theater kid era mm. and it started a lifelong obsession with Betsy Wolfe. <laughs> um she is she's incredible. I'm a huge huge fan of her and I remember just listening to the album over and over and over again and since I'm talking about Betsy Wolf right now, the fact that they had her in the movie, but they didn't have her playing Kathy opposite Jeremy Jordan is a crime. Hmm. It's a crime. It's absolutely yeah. disappointing to me. I don't know. In the sense that, like, they had someone literally on set who would have done a better <laughs> job than Anna Kendrick. Um, I don't know, but- because
0: that's the thing, is that... They found someone to play... Well, that's also where it gets tricky, right? Because Anna Kendrick can come off so cute, but also she's very unlikable in this movie. Not her um, as a performer, but her performance is so well done in the f- sense that it's like, wow, I really don't like Kathy. You know, and with I- Jeremy Jordan, I find... That I found myself like, oh, maybe Jamie's not as awful as I had previously like, perceived the character to be. And it gave me like this newfound thought of both characters. You know,
1: it's very interesting you say that. Because mm. I watched the bootleg of Adam Cantor and Betsy Wolf doing it of off-Broadway. Of course. Religiously. Religiously. <laughs> and as much as I loved Betsy Wolf and I thought her performance was great... Kathy has never done anything for me like I get where she's coming from I think she's a very well-crafted character but I also think she's a whiner and I really think it's kind of I don't want to criticize Jason Robert Brown because I think he's brilliant but I think it's one of the few places where you can tell the show was written by a man because of how Kathy can come across as kind of super annoying um but then again, that's that's his lens, that's his life, and I really liked Betsy Wolf because she was very charismatic. Despite those moments where I was like, "Kathy, girl, um, <laughs> Do you maybe want to rein it in a little," but I, I don't know. I always really liked Jamie, mm. but I really love, uh, I love what Jeremy Jordan did with the role. I think he was like the perfect mm. mix of like unlikable and. Uh, Charismatic, which you need for both performances, because if the point of the story is that no one is truly at fault, neither of the characters, like you don't want to hate either of them by the time you're leaving. So that's why I liked what Jeremy did. And I think it would have been nice to have a Kathy that had a similar balance.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting what you said, because I don't know, I always thought Kathy was written quite. Well, in the sense that I know people like that, you know I know, I and I don't know, like people like that I know <laughs> 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 I know theater uh aspiring theater actors like that, and there's so many of us like that, and then there's the ones who had maybe a big break in like, I don't know their early twenties, and they're they still act like that, like it's very I find Kathy very realistic.
1: Listen, I'm an aspiring theater artist that has had zero success, (laughs) and if my rich novelist husband wanted to make money while I did fuck all, I would totally be down with that. I'd be like, how many babies do you want? (laughs) I just threw 100 years of feminism out the window, but...
0: (laughs) No, like, I I get what you're saying, but then I also can understand the heartache of you have that special person that you want to go that you want them to see your show that you've worked so hard on and all of a sudden they're like hey you know what I can't stay I I can't see the show I have to go home I just came to pop in and say hi and then leave basically that really really hurts especially when they get into a pattern where they just keep doing that and they just stop coming to see your successes and you're just rooting for them the whole time. So I kind of really love the journey we go on with Kathy in that sense. Oh, 100% Kathy kind of goes –
1: what I kind of don't like about Kathy's journey is like Jamie is somebody who always knows what he wants and Kathy right. also knows what she wants. But when it comes to the – end of their relationship you know kathy's singing still hurting she doesn't have that closure she never she had the moment of this isn't working but she never had the moment of like this isn't serving me i can't do it right but jamie did eventually get there and this isn't me i'm not here to shame kathy kathy is totally imperfect and beautiful in the exact mm. same way jamie is mm-hmm I'm just saying, if my rich, hu- if my husband was a rich novelist, I would be more than happy to sit on my ass and do absolutely nothing. I think it's also but easier, I do... though,
0: to find closure when you have someone else lined up, right? Because he has Elise. That's her name, I believe. Yeah, Elise. And in the end, he's writing this long-ass letter to Kathy about how he's going with Elise to, like, close their bank accounts and all that. He knows what he's doing. And this is coming from someone who is Team Jamie, I suppose, throughout the show, but also coming from someone who desperately wants to play Kathy on stage. So...
1: (laughs) No, I, you know, and I think it's important and I think it shows love for both characters to be able to both Mm -hmm. support and criticize them. Like Jamie Mm. isn't perfect, but I think they're both two people who kind of have their heads firmly lodged somewhere the sun doesn't shine. And so, of course, their relationship doesn't work because they're too self-absorbed to make it work. Mm. They're so focused on what they want the other person to be. Than what the other person is doing and showing up. Um, although I think um if I didn't believe in you is one of Mm. the most beautiful musical theater songs ever written. Yeah. And you really get to look at Jamie because, you know, Kathy spends a lot of the show talking about what Jamie isn't doing. And you get to if I didn't believe in you, and Jamie is like, I'm supporting you, I'm providing for you, so you can go and do what you want to do. Like You know, if this is what you want, I will support you in it. But I need to be Mm -hmm. doing But I need to be following my own career path, not just for me, but to provide like, you know, he's like, you don't have to work at the bar. You can go and like pursue theater like I got this. Um, But then like any woman. Which I can so relate to, Kathy's independence feels threatened by the fact of having Mm. a man who wants to provide for her. But I think at that point, rings already on your finger, girl. Rings already on your finger, right? I don't know. But. uh,
0: Yeah. Like taking it back to that scene as well. I think there's just so much happening in that. And. She's just being so honest with like, hey, I go to these events with you and I'm just sitting there and no one even looks at me. It's like I'm not even really there and you don't make an effort to introduce me more to everyone and like chat with me off and on. You're just out doing your thing and I'm watching. I'm just sitting there watching you. And I think they're going through this moment together. And he's like, so there's this there's that do this and do that and then he's like so won't you just like put on your dress and we'll go like he just dug that nail in deeper and then he just on a dime flips off and he's all kind and like gentle again you know and I think that's what makes this story so hard because you really can't they're both so stuck in their own ways but they're both wanting to be delicate with each other while still breaking each other it's very it's heart wrenching it's very sad and I think that's what makes it such a
1: realistic relationship Mm. in the sense that like the love for each other is there it's never a question of whether or not Kathy and Jamie love each other it's how do they make that love work as Mm. their lives change and you know I was actually I was talking with um a friend and these are women who are older than myself but they were like yeah marriage is a choice and every day it's a choice to you know be married to be lo- to love to commit to somebody like it's mm. a daily choice and i was like damn like i never thought of it as like a daily thing and i think yeah. you know when you think of the last 5 years it's like they're making the choice to love each other but they just they can't get anything else past that.
0: Yeah. For sure. It's very interesting. Thinking about it a lot like I saw online the other day someone wrote, "Kathy pours herself into the uh song. Uh, I can do better than that." And she's telling him her whole life story and then he goes and kind of like repeats one of her bigger heartbreaks that she had in college, when he just let the guy left a note and was like, "That's it," you know. Yeah. And then Jamie does the same thing, and it's like it makes me wonder if these things are thought out to hurt her.
1: Yeah, I wonder about. I do. I do wonder about that too. But I also think, in the sense that by the end of their relationship. You know, Mm. there's no way to have a conversation to end the relationship that won't end. Like, you know, just the way that their fights evolve over the course of their relationship. Mm. I think, yeah, the letter was kind of the best way to do it in the Mm. sense that, like, for an audience perspective anyway.
0: Like you said, she is an independent woman and she... Wants to get things done for herself. She wants to go out and do them. And then we have Jamie who didn't understand that because he ends his story saying the words, I could never rescue you.
1: Yeah, he wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be a big savior, big man, big man on campus. He wanted to, like, even in the Schmall song, he's saying, Kathy, you get to be happy. I give you time. He's saying, I got this. I got us. I got our responsibilities. You. Take your time and do what you need to do with exploring Mm -hmm. this, like theater thing. Like he's like, go Mm. and do your dream. But like, I've got this, and to him, to him, that's something that he wants to do. It's not like a huge sacrifice to him in that Mm -hmm. way. But also, I think it bothers him that she doesn't see it that way. Uh, She sees it as him trying to like lock her down when he's like, no, Mm -hmm. I want you to go and. Do all these things like I've got you, but in order for me to do that, I need to work my ass off. So I can't always right. come and see you to support you in person. But in right. his mind, he's supporting her anyway. Yeah. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to like love languages. And I think that they just have two very yeah. different love languages and ways of expressing love and emotion. Yeah. I think Kathy's very much quality time and Jamie mm-hmm. on the other hand is acts of service. So to him yeah. he's like he's like I'm showing her I love her because I'm you know I'm providing for her. Mm-hmm. Um and to her she's like no I want him to be present. Right? So I think yeah. Anyway, I'm going back to school for therapy. <laughs> Goodbye. Apparently <laughs> I should be a couples therapist.
0: You mentioned that you feel, you felt that they were soulmates.
1: Not even soul, like soulmates, but my belief in soulmates, I believe we have more than one soulmate.
0: Right. I don't okay. believe it's just one you.
1: soulmate. I believe we have right. people who are our soul, because, well, humans are learning and growing and developing their entire life. Mm. And I think who your soulmate is at 16 isn't necessarily your soulmate at 20, um, Right. In Kristen Chenoweth's book, she talks about her great loves, and so mm-hmm. it's never the love of her life, but she has one or two, like she has a few great loves that she mentions, and she calls them yeah. that because it was the love she needed then. Yeah, and I think that that's just such a great way of thinking about it. So yeah, I think Kathy and Jamie were soulmates when they met. They were just two young, ambitious people who wanted to share life together. But I think by the end of the five year period their wants and needs were different and their marriage was no longer serving their wants and needs
0: and growth so they ended Mm -hmm. it yeah that's very interesting yeah i don't know if i ever thought of them as soulmates to be honest well Um, because
1: we're so like conditioned to think like about soulmates or like the love of your life or whatever as a singular as a forever Mm -hmm. thing but it's I truly don't think it's like that. I think it's so limiting to believe that your soulmate is one person. I think. Yeah. What
0: was that thing I saw on TikTok that I sent to you and it was like, you have many soulmates and you have one twin flame. Oh, yes. And it's okay if you don't spend your lifetime with your twin flame if they are not right for you in this lifetime. And I was like, that's a very interesting way of seeing it. I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, like I said, I think, you know, it's more, there's more than one person out there for everyone. And it just depends yep. on where you're at in your life. If you're willing to, A, accept that human into your life and B, to grow a relationship with them.
0: Do you remember this? And I think I'm just crazy, which It's possible, I am. yeah. It's very possible. But do you remember at one point Jason Robert Brown said there was a possibility of a sequel um about Kathy meeting someone new. Really? No. Oh.
1: God, no me neither. Are you But mad? I- this girl's making <laughs> shit up again.
0: I am I don't know what to tell y'all. I swear. I'm so sure. I heard that somewhere. Um, I will go research further. If I find something, I'll let you all know. But I totally remember that. Anyways, casting. You loved Jeremy Jordan as Jamie. Totally right. get that. Is he Jewish? I don't think so, no. No. Which mm-hmm. is... My
1: only issue with his casting, yeah, he's not Jewish. I think you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like that. No, I love, I love Betsy as Kathy. She's mm. like, the, she's the ultimate Kathy. But y'all, I saw Jeremy Jordan and Betsy Wolf in concert with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra back before the pandemic, 2019, and freaking <laughs> Betsy sang a summer in Ohio with a full orchestra. And when I tell you, it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, it was so good! But honestly, like seeing them together, I was like, "Yeah, why wasn't it? like mm. them in the movie?" Would have been amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. I get the using Anna Kendrick; she's like a name or whatever. They need especially the name to sell this. after Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah. like it wasn't a huge blockbuster film, and it was never really going to be. So it's like no. they could have just given us Betsy Wolf.
0: Yeah. You know what? I think I really do think that the public love loves Anna Kendrick. I don't know why. I'm not a big fan of her in musicals. Yeah. I think I like she's of her personality. I think she's a funny um, actor. But like I yeah. just I really have no desire to hear her sing ever. Then again, you know, what's so weird is that I probably, I, I listened to the movie soundtrack the most out of the three albums. And I don't know why. I like the orchestration. No, on I it. legit made a playlist <laughs> and I took all of Betsy's
1: Kathy songs from that album and all of Jeremy Jordan's Jamie songs. Okay, I
0: see. From I that see. album
1: and I made myself a playlist.
0: Which is easy to do considering because i was the like the show is written yeah exactly
1: i was like this is my dream cast and i am
0: not letting it go <laughs> well you know what i would love to see a revival with andrew garfield as jamie and katie rose clark as kathy because
1: mm-hmm.
0: she's my favorite kathy um i would love to and i just think andrew would be a really great jamie i'm so upset i didn't get to go and see it because of
1: just life but in May, they did the last 5 years in Toronto yeah. and AJ Bredell was playing Kathy. and like I was like that's like perfect casting. I was like I need to see it. But she's literally I my just favorite. I couldn't make it down to the city at that point, but um I would have loved to see and that. And that's
0: when I miss theater being filmed and streamed because of moments like that. I didn't realize how much just how much I loved it until It stopped happening. And now I'm like, oh, well, I can't see this in the UK because it's not streaming. And I can't see this in Toronto because it's too far away right now. Um, But that is one that I would have probably traveled for if I was able to at the time. But I don't I think I was really busy. Yeah, May was kind of nuts.
1: As you can tell, you yeah. can, like, look back at when we released podcast episodes and go, yeah, they were
0: busy at that time. Um, <laughs> they were gone. <laughs> Our last show history episode, we released it in March, which is so crazy. So here you go. Here is a new one we for hope you, you, to you enjoy. Well, yeah, that makes
1: sense because <laughs> in March, you went into Carrie by April, and then I was in rehearsals yeah. by April, too. We mm-hmm. were just, like... We, yeah. had, we booked shows back to back and it was like, whoa. Yeah, but crazy. anyway, we're back now.
0: We're back we for are the our summer. Back. We have interviews lined up for you that I think you're really going to enjoy. They're super fun. Um, we have other show histories coming out. We have. We do. Movie musicals hopefully episode. coming soon.
1: Yeah. There's a lot Um, happening on the podcast. There's a lot going on. We are back. (laughs) We are here for the summer. And yeah, we are spending our whole Canada Day doing podcast stuff, essentially. So stick around. Stick around. Stay tuned. Stick around.
0: As always, I'm Chris. I'm Jocelyn.
1: Uh, We hope you enjoyed our return to the world of show history with the (laughs) last five years. Um, Leave us a comment letting us know... um,
0: are you team I don't know. Kathy or team Jamie? I was going
1: to say that, but I'm like, I feel like that goes against the message of the musical. It does. It most certainly
0: um, does. But anyway,
1: <laughs> it does, but I'm definitely team Jamie. I'm just um, curious
0: to hear what people think. Yeah.
1: You know? Because people are either like really, really team Jamie and hate Kathy, or people yeah, are like really, really Kathy and hate Jamie.
0: Most and both people have I feel valid like reasons.
1: Most people hate Jamie's guts. I had this friend. We're not friends anymore. But I had this friend and she literally, she loved the last five years, but she hated Jamie. And I was like, well,
0: that's like, you hate half the show. So how can it be one of your favorite musicals? (laughs) Like, I think for a lot of people and pretty much myself included, though, cheating is like, you're dead in the water type of thing after that. If the character cheats, then it's like, definite hate right away straight away there's no reconsidering and i so understand that And i agree i do agree with that but i also yeah. think at the point of the cheating in the show
1: like their their relationship is over by that point yeah
0: i don't think they were
1: really together at that point no uh, by the let p- us know what you think by the though. time i'm so like, curious if i didn't believe in you to mm. me that is like jamie's last like rallying cry oh, yeah. to save their marriage and after yeah. that like I think, to me, that's where their relationship ends. Because before, they're trying to make it work. And you know Jamie's a dog. He's like, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to resist <laughs> temptation. Which, like, I'm like, not ideal. But, like, okay, buddy.
0: But you're making an effort.
1: You're Which trying. is also,
0: you know, we will wrap this up in one second. But I will also say, it's also true. Because straight away, he's talking about resisting temptation right after, right after their wedding. So I don't know. And to
1: me, that tells me their relationship wasn't solid enough to get married in the first place. Um, so to me, like you see him trying and trying and trying. I think by if I didn't believe in you, I think he's done. Like that's his Mm -hmm. last like attempt to save their marriage. But what I really liked about Jeremy Jordan's performance is like he was so regretful in Nobody Needs to Know. Um like it wasn't just a sad song about cheating on your wife, like There was a lot of regret, I think, that he couldn't make the marriage work.
0: And that song lines up with See I'm Smiling, right? Yeah. Uh, No. 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 Still hurting. And no
1: goodbye until, until
0: tomorrow. Still hurting. I'm so confused. Goodbye until tomorrow is her start song.
1: Her end song. And then he sings underneath it with I Could Never Rescue You.
0: No, that's her start song. His end song is I Could Never Ask Yeah, Rescue her start you. song, but it's at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like in the... In the, the alternate time timelines. timelines, yes. But that's how the show, the show ends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, it's so fun. All right. Not really. We're going to wrap <laughs> this up
1: because otherwise we'll be here all night. We've got some other shit to do. We so.
0: will. Enjoy,
1: <laughs> y'all. We'll see you around. See
0: you soon, friends. Bye.